All right. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of our weekly Friday market update. This is Spencer Sue, your tech realtor of the Bay Area. Every Friday, I cover the latest headline articles that I find interesting, but also go over the weekly stats and the data of what is happening here in the Bay Area. I cover most counties here. So if you have any questions, feel free to leave a comment below. I answer every single comment and every single reply that I get. And if you or anyone you know is actively thinking about buying a house, selling a house, or investing in a property, it's hard to argue a better time than it is right now to do so. Happy to have a conversation with, your, with you and the family. Feel free to reach out anytime. I'm never too busy to help. Let's get going. So first and foremost, average mortgage rates tick up this week. Picked up slightly, 0.03%, not too much material. I think it's going to be pretty much hovering around this level at this time. Now, this is the average amount. Many of my clients have still been able to get somewhat lower. Just depends on their credit profile, their leverage, um, also which area that they're buying at. But still, the average at 2.9 for a 30-year fix is incredible. Uh, but I've seen it at under 2, 2.7% these days. But not much has changed here. Now, there are predictions from different... Uh, thought leaders in the space that people think five there's five reasons why mortgage rates will rise in 2021. So while the Fed has mentioned that they will continue to be buying back uh, mortgage-backed securities over the next five years, there is going to be some sense of potential normalcy, especially if there is some sort of vaccine and economic activity. So the confidence level will, con will greatly improve if that's the case. So the rates may be picking up because of that. And there are other various factors related to uh, possible uh, government agencies playing a role too. You can see there may be some sort of add-on because right now there's an add-on fee for refinances uh, starting in December. And there may be other factors as well, including like the debt of the, of the government. So for it to be this low for, for extended period, sure, it may be possible, just like it may be possible to go up. But just realize you're taking an advantage right now at an unprecedented time when it comes to interest rates. And this is not something that would fluctuate once you lock it in. So something to be aware of if you're really just trying to time it. And hence why a lot of people are making the right move and the smart moves to get into either home ownership or to trade up locking in this 30-year fix. Now, in terms of the current market itself, as I have brought up for weeks now, housing market stays hot into fall with mortgage applications up 6.8%. There has not been a slowdown. Uh, generally, it is the spring is the busiest, then it's fall, then it's summer, then it's winter. But because things have been pushed back and a lot of the spring season wasn't uh, what it was in the past, summer was really busy and then fall continues to be the same way. I see it, the I see it myself. I'm very active. Uh, I'm showing houses every single weekend, at least seven, eight different clients a week. Uh, of showings, um, and clearly the interest is there. Confidence is high. Everything is 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 just chugging along, and so listings have also picked up a little bit too, which is very beneficial for uh, owners uh, or potential buyers. However, just be aware, inventory levels are still very low, and even though inventory levels are a little bit higher, you just don't know when the property that you like will ever hit the market. So something to be aware of. In terms of homeowners equity gain, like of course, when prices go up, uh, owners are the big benefactors of this. So 
the ones that have been underwater, even in the past, even if you bought a property in the last six months, you probably have, have gained uh, in many places in the Bay Area, five to 10%, depending on the type of property. So it's been incredible in terms of the increase and the strength of the local market. But something to be aware of when it comes to those thinking that, especially here in the Bay Area, thinking that there's properties that are underwater. There are going to be always some, but those are usually the rare cases, especially here in the Bay Area, given the price points are much higher to begin with. Generally, these are that, that are underwater are the ones typically that are leveraging like a really low down payment. So a lot of the cheaper areas in the US, if they could think about it, if they go like say 3% down on a $200,000 house, they have very little skin in the game. And so if things do drop there, then it's really difficult for them. But if they go 3% down here, they have still have basically $20,000, $30,000, $40,000 into the house itself. And then it can only go to a certain price point too, right? So if you went over, let's say a million dollars, you can't even go 3% down. You had to put a lot more skin in the game. Maybe it's 10% down or 15% down. And if you're going above one and a half million, as an example, then you need at least 20% down. So people have a lot of skin in the game. And so for someone to walk away from 20% of their capital in it, it has to be a really, I mean, they have to be in really bad shape for them to not be able to try to weather that out because they're losing so much into it. So it's very important to understand what, what underwater means. The only way that would happen, so let's say you put 20% down and you're really underwater. The only way that happens if you put 20% down is it has to go more, down more than 20%, which is clearly very steep. Um, so that's what that means here, especially in the Bay Area. Every market is a little bit different. Generally, the areas that are hit the hardest are the ones that are much more leverage, you know, 3% down kind of options in very inexpensive areas. Home prices post record two-month gain. So given the all-time lows in mortgage rates, prices have gone up across the country. This is not just the Bay Area. So it's not, oh, Bay Area is so crazy. What's going on? It's the whole country this is happening for. Across the board, whether it's a migration out of more expensive rental markets into uh, cheap, uh, not cheaper per se, but into home ownership, that's happening, or the flexibility of remote working, that's happening. So it's just a lot of activity for that reason, and it's not looking like that's going to be stopping anytime soon. Sales of existing homes surge to a 14-year high. We, I mean, it's, it's as busy as ever for me personally, but it's also busy as ever for a lot of people. Uh, the real estate market, as I mentioned for many, many times, it's the COVID pandemic is not equally distributed. There are certainly a lot of people that are greatly affected, especially new grads, especially service workers, travel industry, um, even some banking institutions. But for a lot of other people, it's been, it's been, I mean, it's been, maybe not better than ever, but it has been very positive, especially when you leverage the record low interest rates. So everybody's buying power has certainly increased by a significant amount. Given as how much has dropped, to give you an idea, the buying power of every individual has, has increased by about 15% given the decline of the interest rate just from the last six months. So you can see the substantial impact that interest rates have to the affordability of homes, especially if they don't have to live in expensive areas. So very interesting to see this is happening across the board. Same with builder confidence. Um, you know, I, I, I do a series uh, and I've shot three videos this week and I'll be releasing it over the next couple of weeks 
of new construction, just to get an idea of where they're at, what the prices is, what the flexibility is, how fast are they selling across the board in the Bay Area? They cannot build fast enough. Um, if they had plans to build out next year, they've actually accelerated the plans because they can't fill the demand. So things have been very busy and very, you know, a lot of people, especially younger families would prefer a new home. So there's less maintenance, the community, the community, it's all new people moving in. So it's generally the same kind of profile that they would be having. So generally younger crowds. So a lot of people really like that. It's obviously has some amenities in the inside. It's, it's usually close to a lot of great uh, amenities, like whether it's schools or commercial spaces. That's typically how new construction is built, given they're generally replacing like perhaps industrial space. But in general, builders have uh, are very bullish given the activity that's happening. So as you can see, 35-year high. And I see from themselves. Now, it does not mean that you cannot negotiate. It does not mean you cannot get a deal. Right, so be aware of that. Now, it does mean though that it really depends on who you work with as a realtor to negotiate and understand. It also understand you have to understand what levers you have. Price is going to be the last lever that you have when it comes to negotiating with builders. Because if you think about it, if you got a great deal on the price, that will get exposed to the public. So the builder would certainly do that at the very le at the at the very last resort and given you see they're mostly doing fantastic, there is no reason for them to do so. You're kind of lucky they're not just raking up the prices, which many of them are. But there are other levers to negotiate on um, that are behind the scenes. And, and there's a lot of levers there. So something to be aware of if you're even, if you or anyone you know is even considering new construction. The benefit of new construction as well is that you have the flexibility of choosing your, potentially choosing your own, uh, finishes, your own styles, your own colors. Um, and at the same time, a lot of people are in a rent situation. And so they don't really want to break a lease. Obviously, it depends on your situation. A lot of my clients have broken leases. They may just pay one or two months. But we just try to negotiate that as part of the build, right? If you're going to pay two months, let's just try to get some, if not more than that back. And that gives you, you know, that hopefully that, that will solve that, uh, that discrepancy. So that is very common and also, but it is the flexibility, right? Some of them, you're not even able to move in for another three to three months plus. So it gives you plenty of time to move, plenty of time to give notice. You're not in a rush. But there's a lot of benefits right now of new construction and hence why they're doing so well. Okay. So the next point I want to bring up is usually every week, not though I just cover the real estate market perspective, but I also do cover anything interesting as to what companies are doing as they think about real estate. My thesis is still the same. You, you go and you live where the companies are hiring and how they're playing their corporate real estate game. There's a reason why Amazon, uh, and I saw this not long ago, why Amazon is sinking $1.4 billion into new offices. Now, Amazon, as you may know, is has owned, is basically owns half of downtown Seattle, which is incredible. But they're also all over the place, right? They're in New York, they're in Austin, they're in, they're certainly in the Bay Area, they're in Denver. And what they're doing right now is they're continuing to expand and invest in offices. So they spent $1.4 billion worth of investments in offices all over the US. And these are some areas that are, um, that are not as large as their current ones, but they're certainly going to be creating a lot of jobs. And these are mostly high paying tech jobs. These are not... Um, these are not the uh, 
what are those the facilities where they do the shipping uh they're not any of those types of work um this is more white collar tech jobs um which are generally high paying and so this is a report recently and jll which is one of the largest corporate real estate firms have also confirmed that a majority of the big tech companies and as i have brought it up many many times they are not shrinking their footprint at all if anything they're actually using this as an opportunity to expand because if things are cheap right now just like real estate interest rates are record low why not secure it i mean these are long-term lease deals right they're five years or it could be a 10-year lease deal so why not take a huge discount because they know what how they want to plan the future and and how they feel like uh the culture will be in the future so it's really interesting to see these large companies continue to do this and so the biggest thing for them is it's not so much how people can work today people have seen to get by with what they're doing but it's about retention in the future. It's about culture. Do you actually honestly feel that you are as uh, in touch with your coworkers as you were before? Like you should think about that. And if you are great, I'd love to hear and leave it in the comments below too. Like what things your company is doing to make it feel like you're all physically there. Now, sure, it's the convenience of not having to drive to work. But at the same time right now, if you did drive to work, your commute is not the same as it was six months ago. So there are various different aspects that are that are different that that will change forever. But at the same time, the companies and their approach, they're still buying in the same areas and they still are expanding in the same areas. So it's really interesting to see how some companies, especially the largest tech companies, are what they're doing with corporate real estate. And then for the smaller, medium sized companies, you can see how they're reacting to. So really interesting to see. All right. So let's take a look at the data of the week. Make this a little bit larger. Okay, so let's let's look at new listings. So this is San Mateo County. San Mateo County, as of this week, new listings is a nice amount, 195. So very similar to what it was last week. The total contingent pending this week, 194. So it's absorbing still very quickly. As you can see, the turnover then is about a week in terms of how long homes are sitting on the market in San Mateo County. Now, what does that mean for prices? Price is interesting enough on the right chart, which is the latest one. This is the one on the left is always what it was uh, last week. You can see prices have dropped in September. Uh, it has dropped from a record high of August. So I suspect given what I've seen, it should probably end because we have about a few more days. It'll probably pick up slightly, but it will be lower than it is in August. So uh, it's really beneficial. Now, obviously it depends on the area. There's still not a lot of properties. So the good properties are pretty much selling at what they should be selling for. I don't see too many pops or I don't see too many unexpected uh, prices at this time. So this is something just to be aware of. Like it should go with at about what things have sold for in the past of the last three months, maybe even a little bit lower. So something something you should be aware of, at least in San Mateo County. Condos, townhomes, uh, relatively flat. As you can see, if you look compared to about a year ago, still a little bit lower. Um, same thing. I, we made a bid recently on a townhome in Redwood Shores, and it went for about what it should have went for. You know, unfortunately, my client, we did our best. Um, it was the highest they could have afforded, but they knew like, hey, look, we lost because this is what it, it should have went for. So just something to be aware of, but relatively flat. So it's good for those people looking for a condo and townhome. Now, let's take a look at Santa Clara County. Santa Clara County, right, as you can see, 
good amount of new listings hit on the market, 444. Very, very positive signs. But look at the demand, 456. So there's even more contingent pending that there are um, that there are uh, that there are even going on the market. So what does that mean for prices? Prices continue to increase, right? So September, um, all to all all time record highs. So we've hit all time record highs for uh, Santa Clara County. To give you an idea, of comparison, because I did a listing appointment this week in South San Jose, and to give you an idea how this compares to 2018, 2018 was the highest uh, over the last couple of years. And right now we're about five to 8% higher than it was during that time. So if you look at the trends, it actually dropped to drop during 2019. And then really end of 2019, early this year, it really picked up a lot. Hence, you can see the trajectory, right? January was actually the lowest of the last two years. And then it's picked up you know, a pretty sizable amount. It looks like about 15%, something like that. It looks like about 15%. So it gives you an idea of the uh, what has happened with the in, in the area. But Santa Clara County, still very strong. Uh, just depends on the property. But it's generally, you should be expecting to pay a little bit above what the current market is, given the trajectory. In terms of condos, uh, it's actually been relatively flat, but it's still a slight increase. So but I would say it's all case by case. There's a good amount of condos on the market. Um, some are still selling very quickly, especially townhomes, and some are staying on longer. Staying on longer. Nothing wrong with the property per se, but just something to be aware of. Of Santa Clara County, Contra Costa County. So this was one of the hottest markets, given the lower price point and also larger homes. So it has cooled down a little bit, but it's still. Uh, it has cooled down actually much more because initially when people were making the mad rush, it got really competitive, but it's still competitive, um, but it's it's a lot more doable. Now the average has dropped down to under a million for single family homes. You can see condos and townhomes. August was a really hot month, highest in recent times. And then now we kind of normalize. You can see it's about the same as it was in previous uh, through the previous year. Alameda County continues to be very strong. I have several clients that are looking the East Bay uh, as we speak. So the single family market is still competitive all over the East Bay in Alameda County. You can see prices have continued to increase. We have also hit record highs for Alameda County. Condos townhomes have also increased over the months given the price points are much lower. So you'll see uh, some increases for condos and townhomes. Now I will loop up like San Francisco and Marin County at the update next week because I just did it last week. However, you're welcome to pull on the X on the Google sheet that I have in the link and you can see the data for yourself if you want to tune in to that. Well, thank you for tuning in to another edition of our weekly market updates. If you or anyone you know has any questions about the market or anything about the, or want to talk about your real estate journey, let's have a conversation. Never too busy to have a conversation with yourself or to be introduced for anyone that you know that might be actively considering. Have a good weekend, and I'll see you at the next one. Bye now. Thank you so much for making it to the very end of my podcast. If you are tired of renting in the Bay Area, are a homeowner looking to do a trade-up for a bigger home, or are a real estate investor, I would love to connect. Click on the Calendly link, and let's set up a time to talk. It's never too early to talk about options and to work out a game plan. I also do have an email newsletter, so sign up on the link in the show notes, or you're welcome to watch all of my content on YouTube. See you at the next one.